Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. We're going to finish up. We've been doing a series. Um, I, I always stumble across a series by accident. Um, and uh, I just, uh, but I've been doing a series on community. I've, this will be my fourth time preaching out of these three verses of Scripture. And we'll put it all together in a bundle and you can get it like that. If you want any other series, they're back there at the back. You can sign up for those or Matt can get them to you, okay? And so um, uh, John chapter 17, you there? Um, let's look in verse 20. He says, I do not pray for these alone. We ought to be able to quote them by now. But he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. How many know Jesus is praying for you and I at this moment? He says, I'm not only praying for these disciples here, but I'm going to pray for those who will believe through their word. That they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. That they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you have sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Look at this, I in them and you in me, that they may be perfect in one, that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved me as you love them as you have loved me. So in this text, Jesus is praying, and he's praying that... I use the word family, but you can throw the word community. He's praying that we just wouldn't be a a group of people, but we would actually commune with one another. Are you with me now? And so we, we, we've been preaching this, and uh, Wednesday night we did, uh, really we preached on roadblocks or stumbling blocks uh, to community life. What would some of the things that we've got to defeat? How many knows that becoming community is not an easy thing? It's something that you have to work at. You don't just happen to walk in a church and really become part of community. There's, there's a lot of people that attend church that never really become community, but it is God's desire in His heart, it's very big on His heart, that we would become one, a unit. Are with, are with me. There's a common unity inside of a group of people. And so we, we quote the, uh, the, the text out of Hebrews 10 where it says, Forsake not to assemble yourselves in the house of God. And so we, uh, I, I, I used to quote that all the time, and I thought that means we got to go to church. And I believe in going to church, but it's far deeper than just going to church. If you assemble something, you have to have the correct pieces go in, in a correct order, if you will. Each piece has to come together in its correct place to make the, the whatever you assemble assembling function and so this is the same way with the church really there is a a fad that is going around that really I don't need the church I'm, I'm I, I just I can't find that in the New Testament that Jesus preached that he modeled I, I just can't see that listen to say that you and God is majority that that's that's really baloney you God and the body of Christ is majority there's no, I mean, I can't find where Jesus cited that he looked out and he sent them out one by one. That's not what the Bible says. He sent them out two 
by two because he knew that they would they would need someone else. Are you with me now? So we have a deep sense that we need the body of Christ. You and I as a part in here become part of a community. And then the church in this whole region is a community. Some kind of way we got to tear that down because we all really believe in a community that we have different jerseys on. All of our jerseys are painted the same. Hello. We're on the same team. We got the same helmet and the same jersey. We're all on team Jesus. God needs the first Baptist just as much as he needs the church of God. Are you with me? We're all part of one team and one unit. Now, one of the things that I used to pray that um, and believe that, and I've worked hard of trying to get the church of God, the Methodist church and the Baptist church all to agree. One of the things that divides us is doctrine. And do you know that we, we normally agree on about 95 to 97% of doctrine? And we're divided over 3 to 5%. I say this, let's all agree that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. He was born of a virgin. Are you with me? He died on a cross to forgive us of our sin and He rose again on the third day and He sits right at the hand of God. Those are not the issues that divides us. It's little issues like tongues. If you don't want to speak in tongues, that's fine. Don't knock me for doing it. Hello? And if I go to your church and nobody believes that I'm not coming out the gate speaking in tongues, when I'm at Rome, I'm going to act as a Roman that I may obtain some in the Lord. All right. So I want to preach this morning 44 points wrong, four, okay? <laughs> Man, is that not scary? I mean, I want to preach 44 points. I had a guy come preach for me one time. He had like seven or eight pages of notes. And I mean, he'd done preach like an hour. And it was like on, the, like on half of the notes. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, Father, right now I pray for wisdom. Let him know he don't have to preach everything that he wrote down. Just give us a highlight. All right. So I've only got four, okay? Here's my notes right here. Little, okay? All right. Let's go to, uh, so we know this is just not just me and Jesus. God wants me to find my place inside the body, okay? Now, if, I, if I'm able to find my place, number one, the things that's going to start happening to me is I'm going to start receiving life, but I'm also going to have the opportunity to give what I have. I'm not the only one in here that's supposed to be given. We are supposed to be a body tied with what? Ligaments, joints, and bones, connection points. Someone says, well, I'm not getting fed. It's because you're not connected. Are you with me? All right. Be quiet. All right, let's go. To uh, number one, I want to talk about resources. Community brings resources. How many needs resources? Well, inside a community, you have resources. Now, I'm not talking about, I better be careful right here. I'm not talking about Obamacare, where we take from the rich and give to the poor. I better quit. Lord, help me, Jesus. Let's go to, let's go to Acts chapter 2. Gosh, why I got to do that? All right, I got to overcome that hurdle right here. Listen, that's not what I'm talking about. But as we come together, listen, it's simply this. God is not asking me to give my best. He's not asking me to give my best. What he's asking me is to give what I have, and then your best and your best and your best becomes part of my best. Then I have something to offer to God. Are you with me? I'm not a handyman. 
I'm not. I mean, I can, I can a little bit, but I mean, I can't go out there and build you a shelter or, or anything like that. But here's the deal. If, if God asks me to build a shelter, he knows that I really don't have the ability to build the shelter. The only thing I have to do is be connected with someone who can build a shelter. And thank God we got Jesse, if it had two hands back, and Steve, that they know how to build, glory to God. How many seen the ark over here for the kids to play? We, we coming together, glory to God. But listen, they know how to build. And because they know how to build, they're a part of my family. Now I have the ability to be able to build something. Are you with me now? And so God's not asking us to stand like a long ranger and offer the best we have. I, I may not have the best marriage, but listen, we got people in this room with 50 plus years of being married. That is a testimony and something to be celebrated in our culture. And one of the things we're going to learn, like from Mr. Tom, he said, I've never made divorce an option. How many knows that the world says that's an option? I better quit. Well, it just... So I had to bring, I bring my best that I have that God's given me, my talent, my gifting, everything that's on the inside of me. And then when I stand with someone else, because we're all differently gifted in this place. So let's look at this in Acts chapter 2. You there? Hello. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Very familiar text. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together and and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking of bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart. Praising God, having favor with all people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Now, here's the apostles' doctrine. I've heard that preached a good bit. I personally believe that's far more than hearing what message that is current in his spirit. The apostles' doctrine has to go deeper than that. What they stayed fast in is each other's life. Are you with me? Not just what they were preaching in the church, but their life was being interchanged. No one commanded them, okay, listen, you got plenty of land. Uh, Uncle Joe over here struggling to pay to, j- just to be able to live. So nobody was, listen, they were so in love with God in such deep community here that the Spirit of God moved on their hearts so that no one would be lacking. Are you with me? That's what's going on in this text. And so uh, what another thing that I see going on is, is their resources. They didn't look at what they had was just theirs. How many knows this? We gave you had opportunity to tithe this morning, which tithe means 10%. Listen, it's not just 10% that belongs to God. All we have belongs to God. Are you with me now? Everything that he's given to me is by his grace and mercy. Another thing is this, that family brings connections. People that you did not know when you become part of a community, your connections now become my connections. Now let me just give you a testimony right here. This happened just a few weeks ago, and I asked him, could I share it? Um, um, Ken Baldry had a dream. Uh, he said it must have been some 12 years ago that you were building parts 
for locomotives. Is that correct? He, 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 he had a dream that he was building parts to go on a locomotive. Then he said, I guess a few years ago, he had another dream that he was building parts to go on a locomotive. Now, uh, uh, he is a, a great welder and uh, machinist. He built this pulpit, glory to God. And so uh, he's very talented when it comes to steel. And so, but as of, as of uh, he had those dreams, but he was not building parts for any locomotive. And so, but listen, Ken is part of what? A community here at Cornerstone. He's part, he's part of my connection and part of my family. And so um, we, we, had, we were changing out some lights in our house. I had my brother-in-law. He was an electrician. And so uh, he was changing out some uh, pendant lights over an island. And so he looks down off the ladder and he said, man, you don't know of any machinist around here, do you? And I started to just tell him no right at first, you know what I'm saying? I said, yes, I know a machinist. I said, I got a great friend who owns a machine shop local right here. He said, man, I need, I need some parts built. And my, my brother-in-law is, um, uh, it works for w- one of the largest contractors for, um, that is owned by Caterpillar. Anyhow, they build locomotives. And so through that connection, hey, that was my brother-in-law wiring up a lights over my bar. But listen, God showed him 12 years ago in a dream that he's going to build some parts for some locomotives. Last week just finished all his paperwork, fixing to start building parts for a locomotive through the connection of the family. That's resources being available. Are you with me? That's resources being available. He had no idea that there was a man living in Offerman, Georgia, which is where my brother-in-law lives. But part of his connection with family brought that connection right into his shop, and we pray that's going to be a great blessing to him. We pray that's another million dollars he's going to make a year. Glory to God through that shop. But connections through the family. Are you? This is resources. You don't have resources when you stand alone. All you have is what you have. But when you bring what you have to the family, you get the resources that the whole entire family has. Are you with me? I'm not a great singer, but I know a singer. I I, I mean, I can play the guitar a little bit. But I know a great guitarist. We have these resources that are available on the inside of the house. Are you with me? So you know what that means? If your heart's desire is to play the guitar and you're trying to play the guitar and you're struggling a little bit, listen, you have someone you can glean from. If you want to lead worship, you have someone you can glean from. This is how momentum is built inside of the house. So the first one is resources. The second one Inside community, when you're when you're not at what when you're not inside community, you're the long ranger, you have to challenge yourself. But inside of community, there is a challenge to go higher and deeper in God. Now, and it matters what the community you're hanging with. Are you with me? Now, if you're at the church in a frozen that ain't never gonna venture out, you probably never gonna venture out. That's why I've always tried to put myself around people that stretch me. Now, Catherine t- taking me to a church one more. This is years ago. What is this? Uh, I was probably 22, 23 when we first got married. She took me to this church, and I'd never, I mean, I've, I've been inside some wild places, okay? And so, but we're at this place where there's, um, 
they, they got a lot of dancers and stuff. And this one lady looked like, I'm telling you, she looked like she was in a ninja outfit to me. That's all I can She looked like she was in a ninja outfit. And, I mean, she's doing all kind of stuff, you know what I'm saying, in front of the keyboard. And I'm thinking, my, I couldn't even hardly worship God for what, you know what I'm saying. I, I didn't even understand that. You know what I'm saying? How many's ever been to or seen Morningstar on, on uh, TV? That'll stretch you. Listen, inside of community, there is a call for us to pull each other out into the deeper water. We had Erica singing this morning, lead me out. Listen, you have to be willing to let go of the place you're at if you ever want to get to the place you want to go to. You can't hold on to this season and want that season. It don't, you have to let go and be willing to wade out into the deeper water. I remember the first time I went to a church. That, at our church, we didn't even hardly raise our hands. And at this church, people were standing up raising their hands. It was a stretch for me. But you know what happened? As I got in that community and began to do life with them, I found it very easy to lift my hands. It's kind of difficult to lift your hands when you're in a group of people that don't lift their hands. Now listen to this. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 17, it says, Iron sharpens iron, so does what? The countenance of a friend, I believe what it says, sharpens, an, uh, sharpens a, a, another friend or whatever. So anyhow, listen to this. How many knows that you come to the house of God and you come to the family and all of your gifts are not perfected? That's shocking, ain't it? But none of us in here are perfect. None of us in here are, 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 are the complete person yet. We're all in a process, okay? So God brings you to the family, and He knows that you're in a process, and, and we know you're in a process. We know that I'm in a process. We know that you're in a process. That helps us a lot right there, okay, if we realize that we're in a process. And so as God brings us in, the Bible says in the book of Peter that you... Uh, um, Peter chapter 2, you see the first Peter, second Peter, don't hold me to it, but it says that you and I are living stones being built together to form the house of God and which is dwelling place of the Spirit. Now, if you look to our left, uh, we got some gorgeous stacked stone right here, okay? But now we did not take that stone out of the box and just plaster it to the wall. Listen to me. We did not just, Steve, uh, or just, they didn't take the stone out and just put it up there. The stones had to be cut so that they could fit and be placed into the wall. This is the why God brings us into community because there's people inside a community that will cut you and rub on you the wrong way. Shocking, ain't it? This church life, it ain't for the weak of heart. It ain't for sissies. You got to be tough. Gator hide. Y'all must ain't never been to churches I've been in. I told you. I was telling them last week, they, I don't know if they believe me, but you can, tell, you can testify. I said, I preach this place called Wolf Pit. You better have something, you go to the Wolf Pit, hadn't you? <laughs> I mean, Lord, we got to take that off CD. But anyhow, so think about it. My life, when God brings me into community, not only do I bring my gifts and talents, I bring all my junk. I bring all my weakness. Not only do I bring my strengths, I got weaknesses too. You are not only your strengths, you also have weaknesses. Are you with me? And a lot of times, the weakness I have, God will hook me up with a person that's strong in that area. I 
I'm, I'm really not, uh, I'm, I'm really wired for, I'm a justice wired type person, uh, really don't show a lot of great mercy, uh, not long suffering, you know what I'm saying, Catherine is all of that, so when that is needed, I know to try to get her in the front lane, you know what I'm saying, because I, I don't have, but also she is, she's not a justice person, you know what I'm saying, Some, sometimes with her, she can allow people to just run right over you know what I'm saying? And so when I see that, I have to get that side out. You follow what I'm saying? Because I can take care of the non-running over part. Now, so we bring all of this together. Think about it. You and I are stoned, so we come in here. Now we got to find our place inside the wall. What happens is God starts using the family to grind on you to get you in your place. Now here's the deal. When the grinding starts, I have to make a choice. This is where I have to choose community. Because if I don't have my mind made up that I'm going to choose community, what's going to happen is I'm going to leave this place because I didn't feel like this family provided what I needed. When if I could have just hung on into the journey, this family actually, listen, we've done went through this. Psalm 68, 6 says that God sets the law, otherwise he chooses where you're going to go. You don't choose it, God chooses it. And we knew this according to Acts 17, 26, that God chose where you was going to be born, when you was going to be born, and he placed you in that area. So he starts out with life in the vicinity where he expects you to find the community. Now he places you inside a body of people, and you have to choose in that moment. You have to say, listen, I choose community above my stuff, above my hurt, and everything else. I'm going to choose to walk out life with this group of people. So you can better believe that what God uses to sharpen and perfect the gifts that we have is family. Where else can you go? Listen, if we get outside the walls of this place and we're trying to prophesy and we miss the word, we could be hurt. But inside of here, we should be able to practice our gifts. How else are we going to be able to prophesy if we don't start prophesying? Well, inside a family, you get to prophesy and exercise your gift, and if you didn't get it wrong, we don't kill each other. But I've been in places, if you missed it, just one part, they didn't say that we got it 85% correct because we got it 15% wrong. We're now a false prophet. Listen, do you know at Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, you don't graduate if you get the prophecy correct. You can't graduate until you miss a prophecy because we're all human in this place. Are you with me now? So what? another thing that community does is it, is it causes us to go higher. Now here's the deal. Why does people live and why does people move, people that are hungry for revival, why did they pick their family up and go to Hamilton, Alabama? Why did they pick their family up and go to Kansas City? Why did they pick their family up and go to Redding, California? Because they want to be in an environment of community of people that are like-minded and that are hungry for revival. What do we want at Cornerstone? Do we want good services or do we want revival? We don't revival which turns in we don't want revival which just turns into having a bunch of meetings. We want to see transformation. Are you with me now? We want to see transformation, not only transformation in this place, but eventually transformation that will go outside the walls of the church and begin to touch the community, and it begins to touch the very highest places of society. We can never change a community until we have a move of God that reaches the top tier structure that's in this community and begins to change it. You're not going to change a community by just by just uh, speaking in tongues and having good services. It's got to touch the very top of the ladder. Otherwise, it's got to get into government. 
So, so inside a community, I'm challenged to go higher. When I see someone have an encounter with God, listen, I, I'm challenged to go higher. If um, I mean, my gosh, what was it, four Sundays ago, we toted Catherine out of the church at 2.30, her and Nicole. I want to be toted out like that. We might have to use that machine over there, but I want to be toted out like that. It's a challenge that goes forth to me to say, hey, there's deeper water out there. There's people walking in deeper water in here than others in the room. There's a challenge that goes forth and say, hey, I want to get out into the deep. I've never fell out under the power of God. Listen, get up, be challenged to go for it. All right. Listen to this. The third thing is the ability to hear God greater. I'm amazed at how much I better quit right here. Let me, let me reset right How some people hear the voice of God. I wish I could hear half of what they hear. I've never had God to drop whole paragraphs to me. Now, that doesn't mean that he don't, okay? I'm just talking about I have to draw from my own well of experience. And sometimes, that's, that, you know, that's not the greatest one to draw from. But usually when God speaks to me, he usually speaks a word that has the potential to release paragraphs. Are you with me? Now, Five, let's, let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. First Corinthians chapter 12, you there? Let's start in verse 1. Now, concerning spiritual... Gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. How many see that word right there? If you got a king, a new King James, or that word gifts is italicized. How many see that? That's because it's not in the original language. Paul's saying concerning the spiritual, brethren, I don't want you ignorant. Hear me? You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are uh, diversities of ministry, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities, but in the same God who works in all, in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of what all. So what you have, the gift of you have, is not for you. Let's look at this. If you, I mean, if, if you can sing like Celine Dion, it's not for you. It's for us. The Holy Spirit is in you for you, but He's upon you for somebody else. When you feel the Spirit of God manifest, He ain't just trying to give you goosebumps. He's trying to minister to someone. If you're in Walmart and all of a sudden, I mean, you're looking at the vine of sausage and the Spirit of God comes on you, listen, you can start scanning because God wants to touch somebody. The gift that you have is not for you, but it's for you to minister. It's to profit the body you're walking with. Are you looking at it? You ready? For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, the other the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, 
to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one, but one and the same Spirit works all these distributing to each one individually as He wills. So this also saying, I don't get to choose the gift I got. Who chose the gift that I have? God. That's why we said, listen, when you find out who God made you to be, you would never desire to be anyone else. I can try my best to be T.D. Jakes. I can sweat like him, look like him. But listen, T.D. Jakes will be the best T.D. Jakes ever been because that's who God made him to be. I have to, I have to be John Bagley, and I have to be satisfied in what God called me to be. Are you with me? I can listen to myself on, t- on, on, on a CD and say, my gosh, I sound so country. How could anybody sit there and listen to that? You know that T.D. Jakes, when he was in West Virginia, that his elders told him inside his church, they said, please do not try to preach the gospel. You have a lisp, and no one will probably ever listen to you. Thank God that he did not listen to those men. They don't but 30,000 listen to him just in his church every week. Come on. Now here's the deal. God set this up that we have to have the ability to listen to each other. You say, well, I'm not hearing God. It's because you're not connected to community because God is always speaking. And he speaks through the family. Now sometimes he speaks what we don't want to hear. Has God ever talked to you through the family like that? Ever talked through your spouse like that? So listen, God, and a lot of times, listen, because we are human and because we make mistakes, a lot of times when we speak in the Word of the Lord, we don't really say it the way we should say it. But the bones of what we're trying to communicate is still true. So here's the deal. If I'm going to walk away from community, do you realize that I'm cutting over half or the majority of the gifts and the voice of God in my life off? Now here's the deal. A lot of times, how many ever dreams? And I, I used to tell God this a lot of times that when I would dream something. I was like, can you just, if you could really speak country English to me, I would appreciate it. Because I'm having a hard time understanding this. Do you know what the benefit of family is that we bring what we think we're hearing to the family and we can all see it in a different way? Do you know that you see one way and I see another? That's what I was communicating to them. Now that we have these gifts at the table, we have your gifts at the table, we have my gifts at the table, we have Dusty's gift, and then together, listen, inside of this place, really, we all, we all hold part of the puzzle. I, I did this. You remember when I did this one time? I gave each person as they come in a piece of the puzzle, and I looked at what I was holding, and we really couldn't tell. But you know what? After we got about 50 people with a piece of the puzzle and we all brought it forward and we started building what we had in our hands eventually we begin to see what we were trying to do this is the same thing in community with the voice of God listen there's times that that God speaks to us but it could be uh, really what we need is wisdom on how to bring the application to what he's saying here's the thing there's one thing in receiving the revelation of it but we got to know the application of it and we got to know the timing of it and so here's the deal. If we're young in the Lord, we may hear things or whatever, but it's good to have the community to bring in 
to, to just oversee what we're doing. I always go back to the book of Ruth. Remember when Ruth went out gleaning? And remember when Boaz, she was excited about how much she had gleaned that day. And remember when Boaz told her, said, don't stay right near the young women. And then uh, she came home and she was excited about the abundance that she had gleaned that day. And she began to share with Naomi all the things that took place. And she said, yes, and Boaz told me to stay right by the young men. And Naomi looked back and said, hey, he said, stay right by the young women. Don't get near the young men because they'll harm you. Listen, girls. No, and so he said, don't get by the young, stay right by the young women. Listen, that is the benefit of community. You, she did hear, but what she heard, majority of it correct. The one thing that she got wrong was stay close to the men. But Naomi brought it back and said, no, he said, stay close to the women. This is the benefit we have in walking in revelation when we have community of people. Because all of us can get off on a, out here in the, the flaky stuff. I mean, listen to me. How did Jim Jones get a bunch of people down there, I mean, uh, w- w- ready to take the trip to Guyana? He had to be a powerful preacher. I mean, the average Joe pull up and say, all right, let's drink this right here, and we're going out here, we're going to take the trip to Guyana. I mean, ain't nobody going to, are you crazy? There had to be some type of gifting. Listen, all heresy starts out as partial truth. All right. So the benefit of of um, of community is how to hear the voice of God. We 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 shape each other's uh, ability to hear. Now let's look at uh, Matthew chapter um, eighteen. I want to read these uh, verses of scripture right here. I'm almost done right here. Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. And again I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning uh, um, anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Now, I've heard that preached several different ways. Number one, got a small congregation. You quote this, there's not but two or three of us. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? God knows I've had to quote that a bunch. There's not but two or three of us. He's there in our name. All right, we can also say that at, for house churches. There's only two or three of us that here at the house. He's gathered with us in our name. The only thing we're claiming it like that, what happens when I'm by myself? Is he not with me? I'm just, you, you all right? If I'm by myself, I'm out there in the truck. Is he not with me, Joy? Because I don't have two or three people. If you read this, what it is is in the context of how to deal with a fallen brother. That's what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about the man that sinned against us. And what he said, when you're gathered together in my name and community and family and humility, there I am in your midst giving you wisdom on how to discern correctly with my heart. Gosh. Where two or three are gathered in my name in community on how to deal with family issues, there I am in the midst giving wisdom and direction and knowledge for the betterment of that brother that descend against you. Are you with me? God wants us in community. Let's look at number four. 
Number four. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter four. Is that in the Old Testament? All right. Ecclesiastes chapter 4. There's tons of these that we could preach. These are just four that came to me, okay? The last one, there's not a person in this room that doesn't need this. Encouragement. How many knows that encouragement comes from a community of believers? You actually are being imparted courage. Now listen to this. We all go through the storms of life. Y'all okay? We all go through the storms of life. Remember the guy that built his house upon the rock? The guy that built his house upon the sand? They all experienced a storm. The difference was in what kind of foundation that they had. One built his house on the sand, which is particles of rock. He built it on half the truth. And his house collapsed. Are you with me? The other one built on the rock, and his house was stood. Now, in this place, we've got people, we, we, because we've done life together, we have people in here that has experienced major storms in this room, and yet they've made it through. We talked about, I've used Terry, not to hate to highlight her, but, you know, but, but she's still standing. Still standing, almost going upon a year. She stood because of her family, and also the community of people with her family, and also this church. How many knows that, listen, God didn't expect expect us to go through the storms alone? God, I mean, I I mean, just like when I prayed for you, Miss Ruth, there's no probably no person in this room now that has more authority to pray for you than her or somebody else that has walked through that same thing. Walk through storms, listen, because we are imparted, we impart courage into each other. There's something about coming alongside of that person saying, you're going to make it. Listen, you, I, you, I don't know what to say sometimes when I go to the funeral home. Some of the only thing you need to say is, listen, God's for you and I love you. They just need to know that you're there. I, I'm standing here with you. You know what I'm saying? I'm standing here. I remember when, when Catherine uh, lost her um, first cousin at 18 years of age. Uh, uh, her nanny uh, is 90 years old. But I watched her standing. Everything, everything on her insides might have been collapsing, but she stood like a rock for her daughter that was laying her 18-year-old son to rest. Listen, there's something about just being there. And when we are part of community, we don't face the storms of life alone. We have people that impart courage to us and say, listen, you're going to make it. Sometimes the greatest scripture in the Bible you can find is it came to pass. Listen, the storm ain't going to last forever. There is that joy, a weeping may endure in the night, but joy comes in the morning. There is a season change and joy comes in the morning. We just need people sometime to remind us, hey, it ain't always going to be the way it is right now. I know you broke right now. You can't hardly, but it ain't always going to be that way. Listen, there's going to come a season when the bread's going to come back on the waters and it's going to bring increase with it. It is not going to stay the way it is right now. Now, I was reading this story of this leader or whatever um, that was in just a deep fellowship with these five other guys. They were pastor friends or whatever. They just experienced a lot of life together. 
And so what he was talking about is they went on this this trip or whatever where they was hiking this mountain. And one of them collapsed uh, like halfway into the journey or whatever. And there was like these, uh, wherever they were at, there were like hotels or lodges that you could rent on the trails as you were hiking up. Okay. And so as you were hiking up, you could you could rent a place to stay and stay there overnight and then start the journey again. Well, there was five of them together, and then one of them collapsed halfway. And he told his friend, he said, I'm so physically exhausted, I can't go any further. And so as they were, they were walking right there, that he said, he said, let's just take a break right here. And he told the other three, he said, listen, you go on ahead. He said, we will be at the lodge by dark. And so as they were, um, so he just sat there and rested. He said, listen, let's say his name was Jim. He said, Jim. Let's go a hundred steps and we will stop and rest. And so what happened as he picked Jim up, he kind of laid draped Jim's arm across his shoulder and he said, we're just only going to walk a hundred steps. And so as he, Jim, they begin to walk or whatever, he began to ask him, um, let's just say his wife's name is Linda. He said, Jim, tell me about the first time you ever met Linda. Tell me about how you raised your kids in a godly house. Tell me, tell me about how you did this. And as he just began to stop, and about every so many steps, he would say, Jim, you're doing awesome, man. You're going to make it. You're going to make it to the finish line. Man, look how awesome you are. Look, man, if I was half the guy you were, man, look how you pastored and stood strong for your church. You know what I'm saying? And this guy just began to speak life into this other man. And he said, well, just in a few short hours, what that man said he could not make, he made that destination and he finished that hike that weekend. Every person in this room has to have somebody speaking into your life saying, listen, you're going to make it. There's days that you feel like you're not even a Christian. You're not even saved. You, you, you feel like everything around you is failing. My family's falling apart. You need someone to remind you of how awesome you are in God. Now let's look at this verse of Scripture right here in Ecclesiastes chapter 4. Verse 9, it says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. Verse 10, For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two could withstand him, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. If y'all need a verse of Scripture to preach from Wednesday night, that's a good one. That's you and her and the Holy Ghost wrapped around you. That's a threefold cord that can't be easily broken. I was telling Cleve last night, and we were talking about different things, and we were talking about leadership and all. And, you know, as a pastor, everybody comes to the pastor for advice. And, you know, where does the pastor go? Where did Jesus go? You know what I'm saying? But the deal is, for me to believe that I have no one to go to is an absolute lie. Are you with me? This is why God wants us to hook up with people. Because you, you're going to help them get to their destination. What if Ruth had a told Naomi, you know what, you're going back, I am going to lay behind. She would have never walked in her destiny. 
Orpah turned around and said, you know what? Back yonder is better. I'm going to go back to my people. And Ruth said, listen here, Naomi, wherever you're going, there's something about your life. I, I was, I was, I know I'll marry your son, but there's something deeper in our relationship than just what you gave me with your son. There's something inside of you that I'm after, that I need. There's something there that, that is some kind of way God is going to use you to get where I'm at. Are you with me? Joseph met two men down in a prison. For surely it probably wasn't the will of God for him to go to prison, but that's where he found himself. Are you with me? And so as he goes down there, he meets a butler and a baker. You and all will always have to have that butler and that baker in our life. A baker is someone that takes eggs, flour, cream, all kind of stuff, butter. A stick of butter is not good on its own. Flour is not that tasty. But if you whip it all up together, it makes something real good called a cake. Can we all thank the Lord for something like that? Father, we just give you praise, honor, and glory. Flour is also good when it's battered over chicken and dropped down in grease. That's the marriage supper of the lamb. My God, I feel it coming on now. Listen, hear me. I'm hungry. <laughs> so that's why I'm fitting the clothes and going to sisters and get that chicken. No. But, a, but that baker is someone inside the family and community that takes a little bit of pieces of your life and starts mixing it all together. What they do is they see the strengths you have and they begin to point you in that direction. Are you with me? They say, well, I see this, man. These are the strengths that I really see right now upon your life. And they begin to, they begin to point you and begin to cultivate all of those strengths. They also, they also see the weaknesses in your life. And they say, listen, we can't add two eggs to this. We really need to move, remove two eggs from this one. That's the baker that's in your life. And the butler is someone that has the connections that you need to fulfill your destiny. How many, do you know Jensen Franklin, Free Chapel? The first time he was ever on TBN was not to preach. Someone allowed him to come on the stage at TBN to play the saxophone. But there was a little lady laying in her bed with pink hair and big eyebrows named Jan Crouch. And she saw Jensen playing the saxophone in the corner on the Praise the Lord set. And she said, I don't know who that young man is with that saxophone. She said, but I want all the, informa all the information that you have on him and where's he at. Well, not only can I play the saxophone, I can preach a little bit too. And now he's all over and look at the connections that came in his life. But listen, God didn't use the preaching to get him on the stage. He used the saxophone to get him on the stage. A lot of times we look at our gifts and we don't feel like what we have is valuable. Listen, David didn't feel like a slingshot had much value to it until he faced Goliath. Gosh, are you with me now? Listen, he tried to put on Saul's armor, but it wasn't proved. He hadn't proved that thing out. What you use, what God gifted you with, is the very thing that he'll take you to your destiny with. But along the way, you will need encouragement because everyone in this room will fall down at some point. Are you with me? You remember the Ephesians? There's three, three stages in the book of Ephesians. There's walking. There's running, there's running, walking, and then standing. There's times and seasons when all we know to do is stand. 
Have you ever had that kind of trial in your family where all you know to do is stand? It is in that place that you will need this body or the body that you're connected to to speak encouragement into your life. You will need that person that comes along and drapes your arm over their shoulder and begins to tote you for a distance and begin to tell you how awesome you are in God. I remember when you got saved. I remember I remember when you got filled with the power of God. Cleve, I remember when we laid hands upon you and set you in as an elder. I mean, how awesome is God, what he's did in your life over the last two years. And all of a sudden, that courage begins to fill your heart. And that vision and all of that discouragement to set and set you back begins to fall away. And you have a vision that you're going to make it. Are you with me now? Acts 16, I'm going to finish with this. Two preachers are in prison for doing the will of God. Remember this? Acts 16, Paul and Silas is out preaching. There's a girl that comes by. She's actually speaking half-truth. She's speaking the truth, but it's coming from a wrong spirit. You remember? These men are from the Most High God. She was speaking the truth. Paul eventually... Being the justice one amongst them, he got tired of it. He had a bait of it. He turns around and says, you devil, come out of her in the name of Jesus. And what, how did Paul know she had a devil? He didn't have Neil Anderson's book breaking, uh, uh, what's it called, the bondage breaker with him? Huh? What day's another one called uh, Strong Man's His Game, what's his name? He didn't have that to flip through the index. Uh, this and here, this is what the symptoms is, what, what, what's his name? No, he knew by the Spirit of God that what was in her was was a, that's where actually Jensen preached the message, the spirit of Python is what was inside this girl. So Paul turns around, rebukes his spirit, it comes out of her. The Bible says that the people made a lot of money off of her soothsaying. So they're ticked off now. Their business just went bankrupt because Paul cast the devil out of her. Now they throw Paul in prison and Silas. But here's the mistake. They put them in the same cell. Are you with me? Can you stay awake for three more minutes right here? You with me? Put them in the same cell. If he had put them in there alone, they might would have gave up. But he put them in there together. Now, I believe it started out like this. I don't believe it started out with Paul, with Silas over there said, Yeah, yeah, Paul. I believe it started out like this. Man, why in the world did you do that? I mean, my gosh, our ministry was getting off, getting off the ground. We're doing good, My, running good revivals, and you cast the devil out of the girl like that. How, I mean, did you, you sure God told you to cast the devil out? If God told you to do it, then why are we in prison? Y'all don't ever do that, do you? Huh? So he probably started out griping. And then he said, man, we, we just took a beating. I just took, I want you to know, Paul, I took a beating for you. Because you, cause you feel like you got to cast the devil out of people. I mean, was the devil hurting her? Come on. But somewhere along the line, it shifts till they begin to praise God together. And we have the promise that if two or three touch and agree on anything, that thing shall be established. The issue was, 
he might they the enemy may could have defeated them, but when they put them in the cell together, what happens is listen, I'm finishing right here, but this is this is the truth if I've ever spoken it because I know this to be the truth. I have come into the house of God many a times that I did not feel like the greatest preacher, that I did not feel like preaching. There's days that I wake up and say, you know what, it's beautiful outside, I'm gonna hook to my boat and go to the lake. Y'all never do that, do you? Ain't no church people ever done that. But there's days that I come in that the weight of the world seems like it's on my shoulders. But you know what happens? Somebody in the family is going to be having an awesome week. And they're going to be down the front clapping. You know what I'm saying? And what happens is what's on them, if I will engage, will come upon me. What happened is two depressed people can be in this section, but three praisers overtake that depression. Are you with me? The Bible says as they begin to worship, it says that the ground was shaken and it says that the bonds of the prisoners was loosed. So this is what happens as people begin to worship God corporately, that oil begins to come down in this room. Are you with me now? And the encouragement that they're releasing starts being imparted into me. And all of a sudden, my depression and my mully grubs, because that's what we start doing. Hello, anybody get the mully grubs? Oh, how bad I got it. Listen, none of us had it as bad as he had it on the cross. Hello, we're all blessed. If you drove up here this morning and you got a roof on your head, you are part of the richest people on the planet. Hello, nobody's starving in this room. Hello, we're going to go get something to eat. We are blessed people, even though we didn't win, win the lottery last week. Come on, hope you ain't playing it. I'm going to give a side note. They don't people one store in the town for people to go get lottery tickets. Pull in there and try to get something. And the 85 people try. I said, my God, try tithing. It's a better system than this. Get out the way. Let me get this drink. Go on. <laughs> Knowing that somebody hit it next week. They coming to hit that. <laughs> Listen, what happens is the mully grubs gets on me. But when I get a part of my family that's excited, are you with me now? My mully grubs leave because I'm hooked to a community. It is not me and Jesus. It's me and the people that God sent me with to do life together. This is what God wants. This is the desire of my heart. Why have I preached four times on this? Because I want to see authentic family. I want to see family. Don't say we family when we don't know one another's names and we don't know another one's children. Let's know life together. Yeah. This morning I walked by you and I said, how are you doing, ma'am? But I know your name. We want to know each other's name. We want to know each other's family. We want to see each other make it. Are you with me? And we want to be such a, a family that when we see someone cross the finish line, we begin to celebrate that. Because your breakthrough is guaranteed that my breakthrough's on the way. If you broke through, I'm telling you, listen, if you broke through in the area of finances, I know that mine's on the way. I just gotta keep I just gotta keep my face like Flint and my heart right before God. If you got your healing and I'm bad sick and I don't the doctor's saying I'm not gonna make it, listen, if you got it, I know that it's in my family. There's a healer in the house and it's only time before I get mine. Are you with me? Stand to your feet right here. We're gonna pray together. All right, touch your family member on the shoulder. Squeeze them real hard and wake them up. No, I'm playing. 
Let's just ask the Lord to help us choose this thing, to help us choose community and to walk in it. I want you to go home and get some rest, spend time with your family. Come back here ready to praise and worship God like a wild man at 6 o'clock. Father, I pray today, God, I thank you for this this house. I thank you for this family. Uh, I thank you for connections and resources that are available to all of us in this room. Look at these connection points right here, Father. Look at the resources that's available. I pray today, God, as I've preached on encouragement, Lord, that you would really begin to impart courage right now to every person in this room. Father, I pray a supernatural grace of courage would just take root and take hold into every person's life. Father, I thank you that we're going to make it. We're not going to be defeated, but we're going to make it, God. Things are going to change. Things are going to turn around, Lord. Uh, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. We have that promise, Father, in you. And Lord, I just thank you, Lord, for uh, just the chance to wade in deeper water with with us as a family. I thank you, Lord, that we're not going to settle for religion or settle for the bank and of safety, God, but we're going to walk out into that realm of water, God, with you, Lord, just the deeper where Psalms 42 says deep calls out unto deep, Lord. Let the deep part of us begin to cry out to the deep part of you, God. It was in Genesis 7 when the fountains of the deep of the earth broke that the deeps of the depths of the heavens begin to open. And so, Lord, I pray that within us, God. And Lord, I just thank you that we'll be a family that will contend for the more of God, will contend for signs, wonders, and miracles, and healing power, and all of those things, Lord. And we will be a people that will speak life into each other, not judging one another with a critical spirit, God. We won't be a people that allow a root of bitterness to enter into us, God, and offenses, God, and those things that prevent community. But God, I just thank you for deep connections that are coming into this place. I thank you for a deeper uh, uh, river of family and community unity flowing into this house and God I'm asking you to bless each and every person that is being touched right now I thank you that life is flowing from hand to hand and shoulder to shoulder right now into this place I thank you that there's healing flowing right now in the name of Jesus and Lord I just thank you Lord right now in Jesus mighty name In Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' mighty name, I thank you that joint pain is leaving right now. I just sense someone with just pain in the joints right now that is being healed right now. There's just heat coming upon your body right now. In the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for that, God, right now. I thank you, Lord, for just the body of believers that are connected, Lord, that ligaments are tied together, joints are hooked together, God. People are receiving life and experiencing life and giving life. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. God bless you all. We'll see you here tonight at 6 o'clock.